0: I mean, I want to make an app for uh, Alexa, kind of the same idea. Um, but yeah, this is really neat technology. Yeah, very cool. Um, do you do you hear it going? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so anyway.
1: Hi Alexa. Yeah. Alexa, order my MacBook Pro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to the latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum and joining me is Hey, this is Al Nutilli. Hey Al. Let's jump
0: right into it. <laughs> <laughs> You're well trained. You're not asking me how I'm doing or how things are going. Good. Oh,
1: but now that you bring it up, though, Al, how are you doing?
0: <laughs> it's a Monday. <laughs> And we've been trying to do this podcast for 10, uh, 12 days now. So I'm finally glad to get back to it. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, Well, we have an exciting episode today. So this is our third installment of the ThoughtWorks Tech Radar. And uh, what what are we talking about today, Al?
0: Platforms. So, the next one will be languages and frameworks, but this one's about platforms. All right. So, this one's a little shorter than the last one we did. Um, and we have some
1: clue about these things. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. The last one, I don't know. Yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah. So, before we get into that, though, let's uh, jump into news and hap- other happenings. Um, what's going on for you this week?
0: Uh, so, one of the articles, well, actually, one thing I came about was I'm recommending an app or tool. Uh, i was using it and um it's i use text expander someone else i know uses autotext and i'll have some links uh to articles about this but the point is it's a great tool to uh quickly punch out snippets of text for you so i could type in uh you know puf and then i get the php unit command with filter and it actually throws in the last thing i copied which is the uh class name uh method Uh, for my clipboard. So eventually with just that one command or those three letters, I can run a a PHP unit test around that uh, method. So these are, yeah, it's great stuff. And it's just a reminder that, you know, um, we just, this is our trade, you know, and and the, and the better we are, uh, at, at these things, I think it just, it just shows, uh, it just pays off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I forget how long the stats have been going, but it says I've saved four hours of time using these snippets based on my typing speed. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool uh, concept.
1: Yeah, I've got to check it out. I have not used one yet. Uh, It's well
0: worth it. People do it in Bash or in their IDE, but this brings it out so I can use it in any tool. Yeah,
1: no, it makes sense.
0: Um, I hesitated a little at first because I was
1: doing so much pair programming that I wouldn't have, you know, it's like I'm happy, you know, well, I don't know half the time, but quarter of the time I'm on someone else's machine anyway. So, yeah. um, But but yeah, it's a really good idea. Um, yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, so I I've been following Laravel Dusk for a while now, and yeah. uh, just because we do a lot with uh, browser testing, yep. and uh, we've used a number of different approaches, um, uh, different different ways of of, of leveraging Selenium, um, different ways of um, leveraging b hat and uh so this is just cool i've been watching it and um i'm linking to an article called laravel dusk browser testing and it's really kind of the first one of the first uh relatively detailed uh articles i've seen on it that kind of gives you some meat of it of course this is something that's going to be available in uh, laravel 5.4 which was just released uh, yeah. fairly recently like within the last few weeks i think um so just something to keep an eye on because it it, yeah. it it purports to like really simplify, uh, that kind of browser component piece. I mean, it's it's been good for a while in Laravel if you're just doing if you don't need that browser piece if if you don't need the JavaScript yeah stuff side exactly
0: to it. yeah exactly yeah I was trying over my vacation which you didn't ask me about because I hate talking about things on a podcast <laughs> how was your vacation by the way whatever anyways. <laughs> Um, my goal was to create a, a a converter that could take our Gherkin syntax and make it into Dusk, right? Yeah. But I just came up short because Dusk is based on PHP unit, and I couldn't create a way to create state between each PHP unit method. Oh. Yeah. Right? Right. And I just I haven't figured that one out yet. Um, I'll come back to it. Daily (laughs) and hopefully come up with something (laughs) because I had a whole solution in mind and all written out and ready to go and I just couldn't solve that one problem. Wow! So it was pretty neat. That is because I really like it. It's fast. It builds. It works right into the Laravel um, application state and 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 it's some things we're losing in Behat right now that that to have the core team of Laravel working on it for us would be better. Right,
1: right. And it's like we have we kind of have a workaround for that, but it's it's a bit of overhead. It's not insurmountable, but. Like our, yeah. I feel like our current workflow could be optimized a lot if there was a solution that was more
0: deeply integrated, kind of out of the box. Yeah, so. and less for us to work on. Yeah. Uh, the next article is uh, Five Stages of BDD in Agile Adoption by John uh, Ferguson Smart and uh, one other person. Um, I'll look that up and put it in the show notes. And I did a read or listen on it too, uh, and it's just a nice article about how uh, you know, teams take on BDD and there's the five phases of growth which goes on to link to other phases of growth, or theories about like the stages of 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 building a skill, and how some of us stop uh, at a certain level of like appreciation, and we forget comprehension, adoption, and mm-hmm. expansion. Uh, and he talks about other interesting things like, um, uh, uh, what is it called, the sur- uh, sh- Shuri method, and and so forth, where there's these other theories about how we learn and in, in, in the levels we go through. Uh, good article and a good read on Reader Listen. I think a long one, but good. That's great.
1: And for those of you who don't know, Reader Listen, um, I think it's linked to on our on our, our on our uh, podcast here. But if not, you can find it on Al's Twitter yeah. or just Google it. But it basically, uh, it's really an interesting uh, industry articles that uh, either Al or others, in this case, others obviously wrote. But you can listen to it. Uh, yep. You could read about it or listen to it while you're working out or driving down the road or whatever. So pretty cool. Check it out. Um, yeah. Let's see. The other thing I wanted to bring up um, was an article called uh, "Single Action Controllers in Laravel," and this pe- yeah, this piqued my attention because I remember because I didn't write it. No. Yeah, I didn't write. No, <laughs> well, it piqued my attention because I saw Al doing something crazy like two months ago, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And he was writing yeah. single action controllers. Um, yeah. But then, and then, and then I just thought, "Well, Al's crazy." But then I saw this guy wrote this article, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, "Maybe he's not crazy." Yeah. Um, no, but I didn't, I didn't really think you're crazy, but it was really interesting.
0: Yeah. It looks good. It, it's, um, DHH mentioned it in one of the podcasts with Adam Watham. Uh, so that's where our, the idea came from. Yeah. And, uh, our controllers just get so long and it's like, here's yeah. this 3000 line controller cause it has 20 different actions, you know?
1: Yeah. I guess that's that balance. Like for me, it's like, um, it's interesting because th- what I noticed is in that approach, you end up with like. Uh, you, 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 you end up with a lot of files, which I guess may, you know might be okay, but but it's like you know uh, who cares? Uh, yeah, are well, files. I like it to be like I don't know, yeah, they're files, but <laughs> I don't know. If you if you're not making your controllers too fat anyway, uh, anyway, whatever. Yep, okay, that's it, a, a good it. point. It's a good point. I've had a couple other people that have said like, hey, can we do can we do stuff this way or is it like what do you think about this? And I, I, I want to try it. I, I haven't given it a fair shake
0: yet, so I I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's funny. All right, so let's dig in. Um, So we're on to the topic platforms for technology radar. Uh, And like I said, unlike last time, we will not skip most of them. Uh, And if we do, everyone we skip, we must take a drink. So let's start. (laughs) Um, As always, they start with um, adopt. Um, And I should have snagged it. I don't know if I did. Um, Let me just look really quick. Uh, Do we have them defining what is a platform. Um, That's a good question. Right. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure they do. So sorry about that. So basically platforms uh, is going to be solutions uh, like Docker or .NET Core or Rancher or Nomad, Nomad, just solutions or stacks um, that can be used uh, in, 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 your, in your, uh, in your overall stack. So you could use several of these in a stack. Um, and, uh, so it's not so much a framework cause that's next week languages and frameworks. Again, they won't talk about PHP, but it will be, you know, more about the platforms. Um, and maybe it will define itself well as we go into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of know what it means, but obviously not enough to explain it. So that's not a good sign, but okay, let's dig in. <laughs> So the first section, adopt, the first item there is Docker. Uh, So Docker is a uh, container solution um, that uh, is one of the many solutions out there to uh, create a light um, and quick-to-instantiate container that we can then run very controlled, uh, consistent um, uh, applications inside of microservices, full applications, uh, and so forth and um they're excited about docker, obviously it's in the adopter I bet you if you look at the history, it's been creeping up uh, and for us um you know we're we're taking it on too. I was hesitant, but I'm seeing now where it can pay off uh and and so I'm really excited to be starting to use it
1: No, that's really great yeah this is this is a um, I've kind of been waiting to see this to some degree like uh, yeah. uh, for a long time, it's been kind of oh, this is really cool, but there's like production level concerns, um, yeah. and they're basically saying here that it's re- it's really ready for production yeah. use. They do give some caution to um, like if you're using Docker as a secure uh, process isolation yeah, yeah, mechanism, yeah. like yeah. Uh, there there are some technical issues yeah. Um, yeah. At, at like the kernel level. I think that that they're working yeah. on, but is not quite there yet for for those kind
0: of like high security. Applications. Yep. Well, yeah, shared hosting environments and whatnot. Um, but we are going to gain the benefits of, hey, we're deploying something that's made it through Travis, and now we can deploy it in, in not only our code, but our build is, is, is known to be passing. Right. Uh, it's really going to be awesome.
1: And I'm pretty excited to learn more about it and get into it.
0: Oh, I think yeah. You'll see. It's it's nice. Yeah. All right. You can do the next one. Cool.
1: Um, so this is uh,
0: <clears throat> next on the list is in the
1: adopt column is HSTS. So this is HTTP um, Strict Transport Security. Um, so this is this has been around for a little while, but it's now widely supported. Acro- uh, you know, in across browsers. That's the big problem is on the server level you can enable it, uh, basically setting a header, and it will force the browsers to use HTTPS. Hmm. Uh, there were the, there's the the, the uh, before this, or without this, you you can um, there are ways to exploit even for HTTPS sites. There are ways that a, a an attacker could potentially still exploit um, and 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 an attack. Uh, but with this, it kind of really narrows that that attack vector down uh, quite a bit. So uh, this is something new. I, I hadn't I'd heard of it, but I hadn't really uh, been following it. So it's kind of cool to know that there's such wide adoption for it at this point.
0: Yeah, we always set NGINX to redirect to HTTPS. So it's interesting that there's even a better way to do it. Um, I I can only assume our way can be uh, circumvented by someone who has a browser or sets their browser or something to HTTP. Because I just don't understand, though, our NGINX is basically saying, hey, you're going to HTTP, I'm going to send you to HTTPS. Right. Um, But maybe this is a deeper solution.
1: Or it's more of a solution for people who don't do that That extra measure. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So the next one is uh, Linux security modules. Uh, Application whitelisting has proven to be one of the most effective ways to mitigate cyber intrusion attacks. A convenient way to implement this widely recommended practice is through Linux security modules with SE, Linux, and AppArmor included in most Linux distributions. Uh, And they just go on to say how these tools can really help um, to to make a better secure solution. Uh, Whitelisting being really interesting. Um, so yeah, it's great advice, and it's uh, these things have a learning curve. But um, I think once you get over that pain, and once you make it scriptable with things like Ansible or Docker, hmm. um, it's well worth it. Um, it's more painful to be hacked, yeah. Uh, especially you know if you don't know you've been hacked.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. This is interesting. I was gonna. I, I was wondering if you or uh, Alex may have looked into this a little bit for the research you're doing on some of the like server access policy stuff. And it it brought, when I was reading about this, it brought up some of those ideas. It's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. I think we have to come back to it. Um, SC Linux. I mean, there's skills you have to learn in, in the process. It's quite painful. Yeah. Um, but no, we just got to do it.
1: Cool. Um, so we're, we're moving into, that was the adopt column. Wow. It was (laughs) only three items. Yeah. Um, this
0: is like everything. I know.
1: Um, so now we're moving into the trial section. Um, you know, trial is kind of worth pursuing. It's important to understand, uh, and to understand, uh, capability. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe if you're, this is their, this is kind of how they word it, by the way. Um, if you're an enterprise, you should maybe try it out. Um, if you, if, if you're someone who can handle that risk, um, cause he's still kind of our, a little bit riskier than than yeah. those you find in the adopt period. Um so the first one on the list is is Apache uh, Mesos. I think that's how you pronounce it. uh M E S O S. Um so this is I don't know a lot about this one. Uh this is the first I heard of it, but basically it's a platform to manage cluster resources for highly distributed systems. Um and in particular it abstracts out like the underlying computer computing resources such as CPU, storage, uh etc.
0: So yeah. yeah. No, it looks really neat. Um, we've mentioned it before. We we rely heavily on what AWS has, but AWS does integrate with some of these tools. So if, if what we use there is not good enough, I'll have to come back to this one. Yeah. Um, we do, you know, as we try to do a lot of our um, batch processing work, yeah. uh, it could come in handy. Yeah, totally. All right. Uh, auth zero. Um, so, uh, Basically the sub the sub context here is we have a growing belief that the most scenarios it is really worth rolling out your own authentication code. Outsourced identity management speeds up with re- delivery, reduces mistakes and tends to enable a faster response to newly discovered vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities. Auth0 has particularly impressed us in the field its ease of integration. So it's an authentication service. Yeah. Um, it looks like, I mean, 7,000 free active users in unlimited logins. It's huh, quite nice. I mean, for yeah. a small getting going application. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and sure, Laravel has all this stuff out of the gate with like very little work. Um, but uh, what doesn't it offer and how easy would it be just to use this?
1: I wonder if it, yeah, that's a really good question. I've seen it advertised around. I wonder if... um it helps us with single sign on at all or, or cross site sign. You know, like I want to be able to sign in on one site yeah. and go to another
0: uh, site and still be authenticated. I wonder if it helps with that. That would be yeah. very interesting. I think the tricky part is to pr- protect yourself in your coding styles and whatnot to make sure if they go out of business or change their pricing, you can easily get back to where you need to be. Yeah. So yeah, totally. All right. Oh, um, you get the good one. <laughs>
1: AWS Lambda. Um, so, uh, this one's a good one. It's been, I think it's been on trial, f- uh, for a little while now, actually. Um, and for, for those of you, who don't know AWS Lambda, it, it kind of acts as a, um, a tool There it supports. There's a few different programming languages that it supports right now. Um, JavaScript, uh, Python and Java. Uh, they, they're, they mentioned here actually that there are some problems, uh, they've, they've had some, uh, some problems with Java in certain contexts, especially when you're using a lot of code. But um, really what this is for is for kind of isolating specific uh, specific functionality and, and kind of uh, using it in a way uh, that is uh, where it's easy to maintain and like really quick. So this is used a lot with... Um, serverless architectures, um, combined with, uh, API gateways, for example. Um, so if you have resources on AWS and you want to like create a quick, um, a, a quick, uh, API to return something or to process something, you need to process an image or just some data out of a, whatever, RDS, you can, you can do that actually without, without even writing an application using AWS Lambda. Um, so it it's 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 going there but they they do give caution um you know just in terms of uh it has a lot of great use cases but like anything that's kind of new to market or kind of just uh finding its place in the world um people tend to to use this for all kinds, kinds of stuff that um you know that it might not
0: really make sense for. Yeah. Someone even ran uh, Laravel in it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Um. But I I think the concept is amazing and it's totally ready and there's a whole serverless framework behind it that you could unit test and everything. Mm. Um, uh, I would love it if there was a PHP version of it. Uh, It would be a really fun service to make. Um, I think iron.io had a good example of that uh, as you could just upload a function or a worker and have it run Mm -hmm. uh, based on the events. So. Uh, really neat stuff, though. Really amazing, the, yeah. the whole concept. Um, so the next one uh, is uh, Kubernetes. It's uh, the Google's answer to uh, the problem of deploying containers into a cluster of machines. Uh, so this is part of their service, but I think it's also standalone, and you can implement it on your own. Uh, and, yeah, it's just a nice way to to deal with the whole workflow of clusters and containers and clusters and, 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 um, and all the complexities that come there. Uh, again, we're, we're dealing with ECS right now with Amazon Solution. Um, but if it falls short, I mean, we can pull this in. So it's nice right. to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, so next on the list, um, number 30, uh,
1: Pivotal Cloud Foundry. Um, so um, this is kind of a plat- in the platform as a service space, um, which has had quite a bit of movement since 2012. Um, this, I, I'm kind of... Um, so, so, on a high level, my understanding of this is kind of is it's a platform um, that you can use to build out your uh, your own kind of custom cloud structure, um, and you can it's kind of built off of the open source framework that uh, Cloud Foundry built uh, and released back in 2012. Um, so, um, th- this is really interesting. One of the reasons it's interesting is just the the speed of development. Um, and the simplification and standardization um, that can that happens between like uh development teams when you're kind of operating at scale or in the enterprise space um, so i don't i don't know a lot about it i don't have a deep knowledge of it, but it's kind of interesting uh it's interesting yeah. and I, I'm going to keep an eye on it
0: yeah i mean we're trying to build some stuff like this, but to just use theirs uh it's really tempting um we, we really need to read up on it, but basically, Pivotal uh, Pivotal's a, a really good company. They seem to have had a lot of successful products. Um, but overall, uh, this is something I do want to check out. Yeah. Um, we're using a mix of uh, AWS CloudFormation and other things they offer, but um, it's never a full package. So right. this would be nice. All right, Rancher. Uh, emerging containers as a service CAS space is seeing a lot of movement and provides a useful option between basic IaaS infrastructure as a service IAAS. Mm-hmm. and more opinionated PaaS platform as a service uh, while Rancher creates less noise in other players we've enjoyed the simplicity that it brings to running Docker containers in production um, so yeah it's up there with Kubernetes uh, and just managing all the complexity that comes with clusters and containers hmm. um, so one more thing to uh, keep an eye on as we enter that zone. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, next one on the list is uh, uh, Realm, uh, and this is Realm is a database um, that's actually designed specifically for mobile devices. Um, it has its own persistent engine um, in order to kind of achieve high performance, um, and it's it's marketed kind of as a replacement for SQLite and Core Data. Um, so. Uh, not something that we're interacting with on a day-to-day basis, but interesting to keep your eye on.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't have any clue about that stuff. <laughs> um, so unity beyond gaming, uh, unity is, uh, is a programming engine, um, that again, they use for gaming, but this talks about VR and AR, uh, in Hololens, We'll actually, uh, introduce that as an option, uh, for learning how to program for Hololens, I think it's Unity or Unreal. Pretty sure it's Unity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, just a reminder that as as developers, uh, this framework is here or platform, which is interesting because I see it as a platform, as yeah. a framework, um, and and uh, in and to use this tool to do something besides gaming. And I've been messing around with Hololens and stuff like that, so I kind of understand, uh, you know. And I actually, I'm you know other things I want to try and use it for.
1: So. That's really cool. So I think we've done it with the trial. Yeah. Um, yep. Two more sections to go. All right. So the next is assess, um, and the assess is just worth exploring and underst- you know, with the goal of understanding how it will work, um, uh, but maybe you know, maybe a little bit of uh, playing around, but uh, kind of still pretty, still pretty risky uh, on the scale here. So let's take a look. Um, the first one on the list is actually .NET Core. And uh, .NET Core is an open-source uh, module product for creating applications that can be easily deployed in Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Um, so .NET Core um, you know, basically makes it possible to build cross-platform web applications using ASP.NET Core um, and comes with it a set of tools, libraries, and frameworks. Um it also does some things where it um you know there are docker, there are docker images based on uh Linux and Windows that you can use with .NET Core. Um so it's re- I found this really interesting. I, I I'm not uh like a .NET guy and haven't been following, yeah. but I found this interesting cuz this is a fully open source version. Uh Microsoft's behind it. Um yeah. and they're do- they're really kind of doing some interesting stuff. So it seems oh, really? like yeah. you know it seems like something to keep your eye on if you're if you were ever in the .NET world.
0: Yeah and it's another choice for microservice architecture yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's really neat to see what they're doing almost wish i was a dot net developer so i could have a really killer pc uh instead of just having mac computers which are never you know enough memory or anything right uh so anyways at least you don't have to restart them every day i don't i don't know windows 10 has changed but i don't totally disagree uh do Uh, i i tried it for a little while
1: Everybody I've worked with who has like, well, it's not no, one, one, I don't know. Maybe it's like experience level or something, but like I, m- most of the people I've worked with who have windows machines, like yeah. I swear they like eight hours a month. They spend like dealing yeah. with, with, uh,
0: I, 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 yeah, when I tried it for that month or so you're right, like, Hey, I have to do an update and, uh, it takes forever and I can't do any work until you're done. Great. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, The next one is Amazon for assesses Amazon API gateway. Uh, Amazon's API gateway is Amazon offering, enabling developers to expose the API service to internet clients. So, you know, and they'll talk about this later on. um, But uh, this is just one more option, uh, especially in that serverless mindset to get what you need out of Amazon to create an application. Uh, So it's really nice. Uh, It's, it's, uh, that it's really a lot to explore. It's, it's kind of fascinating because it's breaking our paradigm right. of what it means to build an application. Yeah. Uh, so it's scary in some ways. It's like, oh, you don't need me anymore. Here's your API, here's your auth, here's your, um, you know, Lambda, here's your whatever, you know. Right.
1: Now, it's really interesting, and I think this goes even a step further to kind of – you're right, but I – I, I, actually, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems to be kind of like competing with other API gateways I've seen that kind of – purports to allow you to even like connect different apis together to kind of kind of form like a custom hodgepodge api that suits your specific needs so it's kind of interesting yeah um so the next one on the list is apache flink um so let's see this one is uh again this is about this is a platform for scalable distributed (laughs) batch and stream processing um, right.
0: yeah, so we have no clue. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. I mean, yeah, it's, it's so like, like you just like streaming data flow engine with support for tabular SQL, like graph processing machine. Learning. And it's pretty, you know, you un- a niche right. stuff. Right. Um, you know, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's neat, but phew, I couldn't even figure out how to, you know, what I would use it for. Right. Um, so you want to do the next one since that was... Sure, to... <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so the next one is AWA, oh, a- AWS
1: yeah. Application Load Balancer. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of nice. This is different. Now, this this is a this, they rolled this out uh, fairly yeah. recently, and this is a direct uh, replacement for the elastic load balancers that a lot of you are probably familiar with. Um, now, th- this is kind of like... This is nice because uh, this has been re-engineered from the ground up, essentially, and it basically is... It's made for cloud architecture. Um, It's specifically made for microservice-based systems uh, using ECS, uh, so container-based services. Um, So it allows just like – it basically is a glove that fits perfectly for moving into the containerized world.
0: Well, think about it. We can have one uh, ECS cluster, and it could have 20 of our web applications, uh, you know, Docker containers running. uh, Right. Stage, for example – uh, or production, and that one container, which is basically just a server, now can handle the different requests for those different uh, applications, even though they're all using the same port eighty or four four three. Right. Which is easy if you're using Nginx or Apache, but now we're talking about you know a container, a server talking to its containers that way. It's really mm. nice. Yeah. So
1: I'm excited to get into it.
0: Yeah, it solves a big problem for us to unify and, and save some money at that level. Uh Cassandra carefully <laughs> uh, so they they emphasize that this is tricky uh, but um, so so basically I, I i just a total like sidetrack uh, Cassandra uh, in the dictionary is a, a, is a daughter of the Trojan king Priam, who' was given the gift of prophecy by Apollo. When she cheats him, however, he turned this into a curse by causing her prophecies, though true to be disbelieved. So I don't know. They didn't quite name it after a positive (laughs) thing. So anyways, um, so Apache's Cassandra database is a powerful, scalable, big data solution for storing and processing large amounts of data, often using hundreds of nodes split across multiple worldwide locations. So. Um, and, but they just say, be careful. Use it if you really need it and, and, and just establish what that means. Like, what is big data and do you really need this? Because it's not easy. Yeah. So, but it's nice, it's there. It's, it's, it's amazing tools we have at the open source level. Like, we just went over two of them. I have no clue really how I would use them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, this next one, I have a couple ideas
1: for oh, how to use it. I'm actually awesome. pretty excited about it. Yeah. So um, this is called Electron. Um, and it is a framework for building native desktop clients using, uh, web technologies, you know, like HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Um, so this is pretty nice because this kind of brings, so this is similar to like what Chrome plugins are for, but, but for native, uh, desktop clients. Um, and you know, what I mean by that is anyone who, who knows HTML, CSS and JavaScript can go build a Chrome plugin, um, now now anyone who knows those skills uh can start to build um native desktop app, yeah. uh, applications or clients so that's pretty cool i don't i'm sure there's some limitations on it um you know oh, yeah. but but it's pretty cool i'm i, I you know for yeah. that particular use case it's pretty exciting
0: well we can bring all of our ui uh, uh skills uh to the desktop i mean you don't have to learn mac uh ui or windows ui uh um you know tools Uh, You can really crank away and just, yeah, it's amazing, you know? Right. Uh, You know, and it's like, well, why a desktop? You can make a website. Well, it's one less server to host. It's a little bit more security because it's on someone's desktop and so forth. Right. Uh, A lot of advantages. It would be really exciting to do more with that. Um, um, So, yeah, that's really neat. wish I had more time. Yeah. Um, The next one is HoloLens. They're assessing this uh, and... Um, yeah it 's just fabulous technology fabulous hardware uh, it's it's you don 't have to have it you can use uh, they have great tutorials on how to use their emulator uh, so you can start coding now and learning Hololens uh, and get ready for this but it 's really uh, i think going to revolutionize our industry as we head into AR um, there 's even a whole VR maybe uh, i wouldn 't say AR but there 's a VR framework for the web so um, you know, things are gonna get there eventually, so that's really cool. Um, so uh, one thing actually,
1: I'm noticing we actually skipped Ethereum. Uh, oh, on yeah, accident. I actually so don't excited. think it was on accident. I think, I think Al really wanted to talk about HoloLens, yeah. but oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's just cover this real fast. It's kind of interesting, yeah. uh, not stuff we are using right now, but but Ethereum is a, um, it's kind of it's a it's a block it's it's in the category of blockchain and cryptocurrencies, um, and it's 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 a really interesting uh, way of uh, kind of doing things. So it's a, it's a public blockchain with built-in programming languages that allow smart contracts quote smart contracts to be built into it. Um, so these are these are algorithmic movements of ether um or ethereum cri- cryptocurrency uh, in response to activity happening on the blockchain um so kind of cool i don't know much about yeah. it um apparently it's still very uh, new um uh, and, and apparently there was even a 150 million dollar heist uh of of ether um recently that kind of st- still demonstrates that the blockchain. Um, and cryptocurrencies are kind of the wild west of the technology world right now. Um, well, you
0: mix that with your uh, Electron, and you could decentralize your application's core database and and just share it with all the desktop clients. Yeah, uh, that's but yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Uh, maybe um, you know, like you said, it's heistable or not perfect. Uh, some company was using blockchain to manage food recalls. That was interesting. Oh, really? I can, yeah, I don't know how it applied, but it was just one example huh. of how blockchain was used for something. Uh, other than money. So. Yeah,
1: interesting.
0: Um, the next one is India Stack. And India Stack is a set of open APIs designed with the goal of transforming India from data-poor to data-rich country. The stack emphasizes layered innovation by specifying a minimal set of APIs encourages the rest of the ecosystem to build custom applications on top of these APIs. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it might be some good uh, ideas and things you can apply in your own application if not the full stack. I mean, that's really um, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's almost like software as a uh, social movement in a way. That's kind of neat. Yeah, um, with the goal with the goal of kind of empowering folks. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. At that level. Yeah, not really cool. Um, next one on the list is called Nomad. Um, so this is a, a another HashiCorp offering. Um, we've yeah. we've been seeing some really awesome stuff coming out of HashiCorp. Um, so I'm not to- I'm not super familiar with this, uh, but but basically this is. Uh, this is their foray into the scheduling uh yeah. arena, and and by scheduling I mean uh, this is this is kind of I believe this is around like container scheduling. Um, yeah. uh, it's not like a scheduler app, but um, um, you know, but basically allows um, you know, container you you, you to control containerized workloads. Um, you know, operating in multi data center, multi region, uh, deployments, things like that.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's yet another container service. Uh, so it's obviously a, a, a common problem uh, as we head into containers. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, so, yeah, it's like I said, you can plug these different ones in the AWS if it doesn't do enough for you. So maybe we'll head in and try that one eventually, too. Yeah. Uh, the next one is Nuance Mix is a framework of natural learning processing from the company that created speech te- technology behind Dragon Speaking this one's uh, in the first rollout of Siri when it was actually still useful. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's another thing you can use uh, to, to enter this place of, of natural language processing. Um, but I got to say, when I went to the website... Um, uh, Uh, under their fax, it's like, how much will this cost? And it equals, you know, please contact us directly to discuss pricing. Right. Uh, So to me, that's kind of like, uh, I don't know where they're really at with this. Right. Um, So, yeah, but, you know, fun stuff. I mean, I want to make an app for uh, Alexa, kind of the same idea. Um, But, yeah, this is really neat technology. Yeah, very cool. Um, Do you you hear it going? (laughs) I don't (laughs) So, anyway.
1: Hi, Alexa. Yeah. Alexa, order my MacBook Pro. <laughs>
0: I know. <huh>? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see you have an order a month ago for one. Here's another one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, next one on the list Uh-oh. is
1: um, OpenVR. Uh so, OpenVR is actually pretty popular. It's um or it's becoming pretty popular. It's an underlying SD- SDK for um, many of the uh, VR head mounted displays or HMDs um, that you see these days. Um, not all of them though. Um, some some are p- proprietary, like Oculus. Um, so if you're working with Oculus SDK, you can only uh you know only program for oculus there but um yeah. but that's kind of why this open vr is becoming so popular is you can you know you can leverage it and um and it's one 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 sdk that'll that'll
0: work yeah. across a wide variety of um of uh hmds so um, it's it's interesting to know it's not open source um, it's free via the license and also it is uh, part of the steam t- community uh so uh, steam okay. um is is behind this I didn't know that <clears throat> it's interesting So just some things to consider I guess they talk about the open source one but it's um uh it's just not gaining the momentum yet for for you well, know Right Right it's
1: OSVR that is the truly open source one Yeah 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 okay that makes sense Um
0: but it's interesting Steam's doing this it's it's nice to see they're so busy with things um in that area. So definitely. All right. The next one is, uh, Terran tool. Uh, so, um, Terran tool is an open source, no, no SQL compared to Redis. Um, and it, it, and it's a solution that combines database and cache into one entity and provides APIs for writing application logic in Lua. Uh, so yeah, just really another option out there. Um, I don't know enough of why I would choose one or the other, um, and, and, they're actually building an SQL, uh, part to this too, uh, a fork of SQL light. So you can actually do that as well. Um, so, I mean, maybe the Lua part to it or other things make it better than Redis. Yeah. So definitely. I've tried using Redis. I haven't been able to fit it into a project yet. So
1: yeah, I've not had an opportunity yet. Um, so, uh, the next item on the list is, uh, TensorFlow. Um, so this is, this is a Google product. Um, it's an open source, uh, machine learning platform that can be used, um, for everything from like research, uh, all the way through to production. Um, and it runs on, uh, you know, hard, uh, varying, uh, a variety of hardware from mobile, um, all the way up to like, uh, large, uh, CPU compute clusters. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, I think the important thing here is that this platform um, is specifically for implementing deep learning algorithms um, and making them much more accessible. Um, So so they note that it's important to kind of uh, consider the fact that most businesses are not yet doing even basic predictive analysis. Um, so jumping to something like d- deep learning or a tool like this uh, yeah. won't won't actually help them make any sense of their data. Um, this is kind of for people who are a little farther down the road. Um, but if you are if if you are in a situation where deep learning is a is is a technique a tool and a technique that um, that you're ready for, uh, TensorFlow will be useful uh, useful uh,
0: package yeah. for that. As they say, have the right problem and data set, uh, so it has to be you know very focused around that. And there's also Scikit I'll link to, which is another alternative uh, to to these type of um, solutions for machine learning or, or or that type of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's a really fun one. Um, the next one is WIT.ai. Uh, this is new. Uh, we should also mention it as we go. This one's a new one. And hype around machine intelligence has reached a crescendo. But as with big data, useful frameworks and tools are waiting to be discovered among all the hot air. One such tool is WIT.ai, a SaaS platform that allows developers to create conversational interfaces using natural language processing. So, yeah, it's another great way to have fun with this, these technologies and, and make something creative. Yeah. Um, Amazon released one, too. I forget it was called. Lex, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as far as the uh, TensorFlow machine learning, they also have an API and uh, for that, and it's really fun and easy to use as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Microsoft also has a competing product, yeah. uh, Bot Framework. Yeah. It's called. Yeah. 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 Really good point. And they even have solutions for uh, machine learning too that are relatively easy to use. Yeah. So.
1: Well, we did it. We did three out of four. Um, we Almost will... done. Three more to go in yeah. the hold section. <laughs> Um, so in the hold section, these are, um, things that you should definitely proceed with caution or kind of be looking to pivot out of. Um,
0: yes, especially
1: the first one. Right. So the, uh, this is uh, the first one on the list is interesting. I I assume tomorrow you're going to uh, schedule some meetings and talk to some people about this. Um, CMS is a platform. So, yeah. um, they're seeing too many organizations run into trouble, uh, as they attempt to use their CMS as a platform for delivering large and complex digital applications. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we've seen this a lot. I'm, I'm mostly joking with a lot of our current projects. That's why we're there. We're using Laravel, but, um, mm-hmm. but we, I can't tell you how many times we've seen big organizations try to take a CMS, whether it be, WordPress or Drupal or any of any, you know, you, 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 name it. I don't know. I didn't, what's that?
0: What were you saying? What, what was
1: that? Something. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Drupal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been a struggle for years of like, um, you know, Hey, this project needs 10% CMS and 90% something else. And you know, then you fight the CMS, you know, right. uh, for the 10% of the uh, part of the project that it was actually needed. Yeah. So.
1: So this one, yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I mean, it's this has been, you know, there's so many factors that go into it, but the way I look at it yeah, is like yeah. a lot of CMSs are made to be they're kind of like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. Um so for yeah. people who so, so for certain people they can be really awesome, but when you get to when you get to kind of like a certain level, uh, at least in I mean in that, that level can be different things. It can be like your the tech team you have or like uh the size of your uh the size of your company or your yeah. uh, your kind of IT budget, yeah. a number of things. At some point it it becomes like actually more expensive and yeah. more complex to yeah. have this CMS as a platform, yeah. uh, mentality
0: to do everything that you need. Yeah. Uh, and they even talk about using it headless, which is another great way to then benefit from all these other technologies, uh, where needed. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really neat to see, um,
1: to be clear. So we don't start any kind of flame wars here. We're not saying that there's, there's no use case for a CMS, um, there's, there's very much is, there's an appropriate use case for it, but, yeah. um, as well, they're advocating for here, yeah. it's kind of a one piece of a model. And well, they, like,
0: they, yeah, like they say, treat your CMS as a component of your right. platform. Right. Not as right. the platform. And that's right. what is going wrong now these days. Absolutely. So, um, over ambitious CMSs, I mean, gateways, API gateways. <laughs> so that's the next one. Over ambitious API gateways. Um, So when they mention API gateways above, but this is uh, a a moment where they they say, put it on hold. Uh, One of our regular complaints is about business sparts implemented in middleware, resulting in uh, transport software with ambitions to run critical application logic. Uh, Vendors in a highly competitive API gateway market, can you continue to add features that differentiate their products? Um, This results in an overambitious API gateway. So yeah, I mean... um, you know, I think these things are interesting, but when we were thinking about it a while back, one of the arguments was, well, you know, typically they can't do everything you need. Um, hmm. So just finding that balance of these API gateways to take care of like what is, is maybe typical or standard. Um, right. And then the rest you have to consider building on your own. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. I could see how that would be yeah. Uh, overused. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, hey, give me this user, but typically there's 20 other things you're doing business logic. Uh, that it can 't do, um, but they talk about generic things like rate limiting or authentication right. and stuff like that, so yeah, yeah, so just be cool. careful there
1: all right Makes next sense. one last one last one um, so superficial private cloud um so this is kind of this is actually similar to the last one uh where it 's not uh it 's not about a specific um software it 's more about a Uh, kind of a a perspective. Uh Um, And uh, so now what's happening is they are regularly coming across superficial private cloud offerings within organizations where basic virtual uh, virtualization platforms are being given the quote unquote cloud label um, where teams can self provision a restricted set of fixed service types with limited access and a little ability to customize the centrally governed enterprise blueprints. Um and they go on about it a little bit, but ultimately well, they, and they even
0: say leading to kluge solutions, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. And
1: that, right. And so um, you know, they're they're basically encouraging organizations to more fully consider the costs of mandating the use of an inadequate private cloud offering.
0: Yeah. I wonder when Kluge became a real word. Anyways. Is it I mean Google it. Yeah, I yeah. did. I mean I don't know when, but it, it's in the dictionary um yeah i mean um we suffer that now in our area with the systems we work with uh that we didn't make and then ironically in the systems we are making we're sometimes causing this as well so yeah it's it's, it's definitely something to be conscious of um you know the goal is to make it safe and secure to for developers to work and easy um so it's it's a funny balance yeah uh, and it's a complex stuff. Uh, AWS is complex, so it's easy to make it a kludge and easy to make it restricted for, for not good reasons. So. Right. All right. Uh, that takes care of platforms. Um, that's a good list. It, it, a lot of good stuff. Um, the next one is languages and frameworks. We'll hit that soon. Um, and, you know, there's, again, some interesting stuff there. Ember, React.js. Um, Ember, I would love to jump into. Uh, View. I don't know what that's about uh oh wow they actually did mention something we know about uh Uh, and um uh yeah just things like that so yeah we'll touch on those next time
1: yeah it'll be fun and just in case anyone was racing to google it uh kluge originated in the 1960s in the u.s yeah uh, and it's a completely invented word yeah um it's it, it it's interesting it's um it's perhaps symbolic and then they say compare it with fudge
0: so anyway, think about yeah. that Tell our next podcast. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> from uh, Kludgey Hangout, here we go. We'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at devs hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, it really helps us to get the feedback keeps us focused gives us ideas gives us energy for the next show and once more we just want to say thanks to our sponsors Arc, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. thanks again see you next show